In this episode, I'll give you four simple truths that will help you unlock the book of Revelation. As we all know, the book of Revelation contains many mysteries. One of the mysteries involves the number seven. Thirteen times in the book of Revelation, the number seven appears. In Revelation 1, there are three of them. The seven spirits of God, the seven golden candlesticks, and seven stars in Christ's hand. Revelation chapter 5, there's a couple more of them. There's a scroll that appears of seven seals. And then there's a lamb, has seven horns and seven eyes. In Revelation 4, we see some different kinds of mysteries. There's the 24 elders. Who are they? And who do they represent? And then there's four living creatures that circle about the throne. They're full of eyes, front and back. One has the appearance of a lion one looks like an ox, another one has the face of a man, and the fourth one has the appearance of an eagle in flight. And there's other mysteries in the book as well. There's trumpets, there's bowls, there's beasts, and there's visions. The writing of the book of Revelation occurred during 66 AD to 90 AD. There's some fluctuation among experts as to the exact time that the Apostle John wrote this book. We know it was in this time frame because within the book of Revelation, it describes seven assemblies of believers in seven different cities. This appears in Revelations chapter 2 and chapter 3. These were actual cities that were in existence during this era. And there were gatherings of believers within those cities. And it records the persecutions, the trials, the temptations, the false prophets and the false doctrines that those believers faced. All of these occurred during 66 AD to 90 AD. During this time frame, Rome ruled the then known world. The extent of his rule spread from Spain and circled around the Mediterranean Ocean all the way back to the Rock of Gibraltar in Morocco. There were emperors that ruled during this time in Rome. One of them was Nero, the other one was Domitian. Both of them were cruel despots. And they forced great persecution upon the believers of that day. They required a sign upon the right hand of people or a sign in their forehead before they could transact business. They also had great persecutions. We have read and heard about the horrible persecutions that Nero performed during his reign, how he poured oil upon believers and then lit them and had them serve as torches for his parties and his escapades. And then there were the beasts that they would unleash in a giant amphitheater and they would put the believers in there and cover them with animal skins so that the beasts would attack them and kill them. And then there were countless crucifixions of various kinds both Domitian and Nero ruled with great cruelty. And we know that the inhumane treatment of these despots occurred during this time period. They required that everyone worship them as Lord and God, thus giving rise to false doctrines and to false prophets that Revelation 2 and 3 describe for us. Into this maelstrom of persecution and uncertainty, God sent the book of Revelation to his Christ followers.
We know he wrote it through the Apostle John. He was the last living apostle at that time. He was a superintendent of these bodies of believers in these seven cities in what is now southwest Turkey. He supervised them, and he led them and directed them as God's instrument on earth for them. He was a prisoner on the island of Patmos. Patmos was an island just off of southwest Turkey. It was an exile island where the Roman government would send their exiles and put them into forced labor in their rock quarries. And we read in Revelation chapter 1 that John was the one who, whom God chose to author and put into writing the mysteries and the visions and the presentation that God gave to him. For example, in Revelation chapter 1, we read the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his servants the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John. And then further on in verses 17 through 20, we read John's description of his seeing the appearance of Christ and Christ's appearance to him. And he describes that vision, that appearance that he had of Christ. And there are multiple times throughout the book of Revelation that John makes reference to himself by name. I, John, saw, and then he would record a vision. Other times he would just said, I, use the pronoun I. But we have plenty of documentation within the book of Revelation to identify the Apostle John as the author. In addition, the writing of this book is very similar to John's other writings, his gospel and his three smaller letters, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. It was divinely inspired. God gave him the message. God gave him the visions that we see within the book of Revelation. And this book harmonizes with the rest of the scriptures, the rest of the books that are in what we call the Bible. It is God's divinely inspired sufficient, inerrant, infallible, self-revelation to humanity of his existence, his person, his plans, and his purposes. And the book of Revelation harmonizes with the rest of inspired scripture. In this divinely inspired message, God used apocalyptic mysteries to reveal Jesus Christ the central theme of Revelation. We tend to get all hung up on the mysteries, the visions, the symbols, and try to figure them out and forget that Christ is the center and the central theme of the book of Revelation. In Revelation 1.1, we read very clearly, it says, this is the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to John. So that we know that throughout this book, the mysteries give to us information and insight into the Lord Jesus. It gives to us and describes for us the nature and manifold powers of Christ. Within the book of Revelation, we see described for us at least 10 of the attributes of Christ. For example, we see his grace. The fact that God gave this inspired book for Christ followers at such a crucial time in history 
displays the grace of God and of Christ to give to them encouragement. And it describes for them the consummation of all things, giving to those believers hope and increased faith to trust God and his Savior, Jesus Christ, in the midst of great difficulty. Furthermore, it glorifies Christ. It describes for us the glories of Christ that we cannot see. We will not observe them and see them and experience them until we are translated into the heavenly realm where he exists. But throughout the book of Revelation, there are visions and descriptions of the glories of Christ and how all of the myriads of angels fall down and worship Christ and ascribe to him glory and honor and praise. And there are visions that describe Christ in unspeakable, hard-to-imagine aspects of his nature, blinding whiteness, commanding presence. We also read about the justice of Christ as revealed in Scripture. Revelation chapter 20 describes an awful day a day of judgment when Christ, the persecuted one, the crucified one, will actually serve as the judge of all the earth. And he will judge all peoples from all generations without exception. And as part of his judgment, he will assign condemnation to some who have rejected Christ and consign them to eternal damnation. To others, he will say, come and join me in everlasting eternity with me. So he will appear as the judge and execute true justice. In our day and age, we have very little justice. We have a lot of cooperation and we have a lot of mixing together, but we have very little true justice. And that day, Christ will rule and govern with true justice. We also see displayed in the book of Revelation the sovereignty of Christ, that he controls all things. He controls all nations from, from past history into our day and into the days that lie ahead of us. He controls nations. He controls events. He controls peoples. And ultimately, every nation, every ruler, every dignitary, all peoples from all history, of all generations, of all nations, of every tongue, tribe, and nation will bow before this sovereign Lord and ascribe and declare him as Lord and King. The book of Revelation also reveals to us some of the works of Christ, the Redeemer, the Savior of sinners. In Revelation chapter 5, for example, it presents the Lamb, the spotless Lamb, as one slain. Who is that Lamb? That Lamb pictures for us the Lord Jesus. God in his great grace provided a provision whereby we sinners, sinners like you and like me, could find and experience reconciliation back to God. He provided a Redeemer. He provided a Savior. He provided a substitute who would satisfy God on the behalf of others, not himself, 
but others like you and me. He would make atonement for our sin, and he would declare and describe victory over the evil one as prophesied in Genesis chapter 3. This same Christ, as described in the book of Revelation, existed from all eternity past unto all eternity future. We also read in the book of Revelation the confirmation of key biblical doctrines. We find described in Revelation the fulfillment of God's redemptive plan. His meta-narrative, the meta-narrative of the Bible that begins with creation, the fall of man in Genesis chapter 3, redemption as described with Christ in the New Testament, and the consummation of all things, which is described in Revelation chapters 21 and 22. So we find described for us there these key biblical doctrines, especially of God's redemptive plan. For sinners like you and like me. We find described for us in this book the reality of heaven and hell. We find described the reality of Christ's kingdom and his certain return at an unknown time in the future when he will come as judge and he will separate and he will join with his followers. The book of Revelation also provides strengthening and encouragement for Christ's followers. We read in that day in Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3 of the great persecution and the confusion that those believers experienced. Sometimes they fell into sin because of their confusion. They compromised with the culture around them. They tried to merge together all of the false doctrines and, and false gods of that day into one God. But it wasn't the true and living God. It was a false god. We also see their temptation to follow false prophets and to believe false doctrines. They also exercise the individuality of faith, much like we have today. You can have your faith. You can believe this truth. You can believe that truth. This is the truth that I want to believe. We find also a pluralism that crept into the churches of that day. Many gods, a multitude of gods, take your pick. I'll choose this one, you choose that one, it doesn't matter, they're all the same. An apathy, an absence of God focus. Chapters 2 and 3 of Revelation describe some very dire circumstances that those believers experienced in that day. As you can see from just this brief discussion, that the book of Revelation correlates to you and to me today. We experience many of the same similar circumstances that those believers faced in A.D. 66 to 90. There's a persecution of believers. There are many believers throughout the world and various parts of the world that experience extreme persecution for their faith in Jesus Christ. We also find that in some nations they demand that everyone worship a certain God other than the God is revealed in the scriptures. And believers in those lands and in those times face great difficulty. We find also um, that in that day there was false doctrine 
There were false prophets. Many of them proliferate today. We have a multitude of false prophets and false doctrines abound in our day, just like in that day. The book of Revelation not only confirms key biblical doctrines, not only presents to us Jesus Christ, but it also strengthens his followers. The believers in that day received warnings from the Lord Jesus against their sins that they, tempt, that they fell temptation to. And he provided challenge and correction and conviction and called upon them and commanded them to follow and obey the truth. We would experience the same thing today by reading the book of Revelation because many of those same things that they experienced we face as well. And the purposes that God intended in providing the book of Revelation through the Apostle John in that day fits our day as well. It's for you and it's for me. Therefore, these truths bring implications. They bring implications of our need of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I pray that the Holy Spirit will take these truths just presented so briefly in this episode to help you recognize the value of the book of Revelation, that he would encourage you to read it. There's a blessing described in chapter 1, in fact, for those specifically who read it and hear it. I pray that the Spirit of God would encourage you to rely upon its truths and to trust them. And the last... I would pray that the Spirit of God would work in your life if you have yet to come to faith and trust upon Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I pray that the Spirit of God would open your eyes to see your true condition in need of a Savior. You are separated from God. There is a chasm between you and God which you cannot bridge. The only bridge that provides Reconciliation between you and God is the Lord Jesus, and God has provided that for people like you and like me. I pray that the Spirit of God will open your eyes to see your need of this substitute, this provision of God on behalf of sinners like you and like me, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior of sinners. I pray that the Spirit of God will give to you a new heart, Give to you a new spirit within you that will enable you to call upon the Lord Jesus in faith and trust as your Lord and Savior. Next time, we'll take a look at Revelation chapter 21 and begin to look at the consummation of all things and how those two chapters at the end of the book of Revelation describe that consummation in terms hard to believe in our day and age. If you would like to have notice of when I will have that episode available for viewing, just contact me by email and I'll be glad to make that record and send you a notice when that next episode will be available. Until next time, hope to see you then.